and welcome to Monday YA, the Young Adult Book Podcast, by a teen, for teens. I'm a teen? Oh no, not again. Um, oh yeah, that's me, my non-bookworm friend that somehow ended up doing this. Every Monday, I'll post a pocket-sized episode where I'll review one or two books and dive deep to the author's craft. How they made that book? So great. Or not so great. I also get excited about some upcoming YA and talk about the books on the top of my TBR. I'm McKinley, and this is Monday YA. Who's driving this plane? What? Clown alert. McKinley's being a clown again. No, 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 it's funny, you know, like, first episode the pilot who's driving the plane clown hello and welcome to the podcast it is our very first episode i'm really excited to talk about some of the great books that i've been reading but before that let's introduce ourselves my name is mckinley huffman and i'm a teen bookworm obsessed with why life i'm just a regular worm i mostly read contemporary and romance but i'm really good with anything and that is Mish, my best friend, but also my biggest pet peeve. She hates books and reading, and that's why she's on this podcast, because why not, right? All right, so let's just get right into the books. So what book is this? First book I'm going to talk about is Most Likely by Sarah Watson. Why? Why not? Okay. Do you want me to talk about the plot? Not really, but I guess I had no choice. Okay, so this book follows the lives of four teens in their senior year of high school. There's CJ, who has her whole life planned out, though her horrible SAT scores threaten to ruin it all. Martha, who doesn't see the point in planning out her life when she's struggling to even afford to go to college in the first place. Jordan, who is sick of being treated like a little kid and wants to be taken seriously as a journalist, and Ava, an artist who seems to have it made, except for her depression, which is always lingering under the surface. The twist, though, is that one of the girls is going to become the president of the United States after college, and the other three won't. So it's dystopian, and one of them has to, like, lead the country or whatever? No, no, it's like, it's of their own free will. One of the girls is going to run for president as an adult and win the election. Why is this happening? <laughs> Okay, so basically it's that they all have different ways of going about things, and in their senior year, they all experience and see things in the world that they would like to change. So it's really interesting to see how it all ends up, but it's not all like, hee-hee, I'm going to change the world. I mean, there's a lot of romance, which is really the whole point of reading, right? Why are you always talking about those books? (laughs) Because I really loved how this book was almost written like a thriller, but without all the murder and the stuff like that. It was fun to try to figure out who would end up getting the job. So if you're looking for like a lighthearted but unexpected mystery, definitely check this out. But wait, is a president considered a job? Um, I think so. Oh boy. I don't think this is good that we don't know this. But wait, do they get paid? Uh, do they? Probably. I think they do. They have Do presidents get paid? Oh, God. Okay. The president is paid $400,000 a year. Oh. oh. 
That's that's quite that wealthy. A that's a lot, right? That's like ten times. No, wait. Oh, I think that's ten times the average salary. Oh, okay, that's a lot then. All right, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> You're too scared to read an actual th- th- thriller, right? <laughs> I mean, well, I actually do have a murder mystery on my TBR, um, but I'll probably end up hating it. But that's just how it is. So the novel opens with the scene right before the inauguration. The last name of the girl is given, um, but it had been changed to that about who they married. And the last name is the same as a boy in their high school class who they're all like connected to in different ways. But little spoiler, who the end's husband ends up being will totally shock you and really is not what you would ever expect. Why is she married? Have you even been listening? She's not married as a senior like you. This is a joke. Me, she's not even a senior yet and she's definitely not married. Or is she? The book starts with saying, like, President Diffenderfer. <laughs> Gotta love those great last names. And then the book goes back to the girls in high school. And it um, adds this whole romantic side of the book. Because who ends up being with that boy with that last name ends up being president. So it's really interconnected and really cool. What did you end up thinking? This book seems so bad. I really ended up loving this, actually. So the beginning kind of seemed, I mean, a little bit young for being about seniors. But as the plot went on, I thought it got pretty good. Uh, there was a whole lot going on at once. Uh, just a lot of subplots and things like that. But instead of just being utter chaos, I thought it was really well-crafted. The characters were really well-rounded. And it wasn't like some books I read with multiple perspectives where the characters all blend together. And I'm left backtracking to figure out which character's which. Well, I'm looking at you, Ruth Petty's. But actually, the second book that I read for this episode was a book by Ruth Petty's. And I ended up loving it. So we'll talk more about that later. Is it writing craft time? Um, I guess it is. So before we go into this, I just want you guys to know that I'm honestly not kind of any writing critic or anything like that. Just a team, but there are definitely some things that made this book so great. What are the things that made this book so great? Oh boy. So the first thing I would say the author did really well is the way that she added suspense as to who would end up being the president. She didn't just, like, mention that one of the girls would end up having that future. She kept the present idea relevant throughout the book, with Ava reading and getting inspiration from a nonfiction book about a previous president and his wife, Jordan getting involved with the government early on. Um, not that she was, like, some sort of juvenile delinquent or anything in a different way. Um, Martha being a descendant from Martha Washington, and CJ hoping to be voted um, most... My computer is running low, 10%. Oh, my phone's at 10%. <laughs> what a coincidence. Okay, and then there's CJ, hoping to be voted most likely to become president in senior superlatives. So let's go plug in those devices and we'll come back. Charging devices, be back soon. Okay, so our devices are all charged up, and we're just going to pick up right where we left off, um, which is what made this book so great. So one of the things that I noticed was the feminism in the novel. It was really prominent, and all three girls were really strong characters. I thought that the author did this really well. Would it still be, like, feminist if they weren't strong characters like me? Well, I mean, like, not necessarily, like, physically strong which you did redo your whole room, so I mean, but mentally <laughs> strong and able to push through situations and stuff like that. 
So let us know if you're feeling social. Um, what do you think feminism is? Is it strong physically, strong mentally, or strong in some other way? So also, the characters also felt really authentic. And while I was reading, I never felt detached from them or like I was seeing them instead of being them. Sarah Watson wrote in third person, but I found it surprisingly easy to put myself in those characters' shoes. In the first chapter alone, the things that the characters are doing and saying really give the reader a good sense of who they are. What if they weren't wearing shoes? Oh, boy. Well, you are a clown right there. I bet you're not wearing shoes right now. But that's because we're in court. Are you wearing shoes? No. I'm wearing fuzzy socks. I'm wearing nothing. Why? That just got really weird really fast. Um, We're just going to move on from this. In the first chapter alone, the things the characters are doing and saying really give the reader a good sense of who they are as people. CJ talks about why she quit cross country, um, setting up the scene for her SAT conflicts. Martha has to get a friend to drive her to work since she doesn't have a car, giving the reader uh, the idea that her family isn't as well off as those of her friends. Jordan comments on her friend's grammar usage, and Ava tries to help out her friends, showing her helpful and caring personality. What does the grammar have to do with it? She's a journalist, and she likes writing and that sort of stuff, so it kind of shows her character in that way. Oh. Aren't you so enlightened now? (laughs) So this book is like a murder mystery where you have to guess who becomes president? Yeah, kind of. It's just an unconventional mystery, I guess, but I still thought it was really cool. So... Overall, I would give this book a 4 out of 5 star rating because I thought that it was really entertaining and fun. Just really a delight to read, though pretty fluffy, not like too much depth or anything like that. But the true question, Mish, on a scale of 1 to 5, 1 being definitely not, 5 being for sure, how likely are you to read this book or how much interest in it do you have? Um, maybe 3? Uh, actually, how about 2.5? The premise is kind of weird and confusing, and I'm not too keen to books anyways. You're the keenest. <laughs> <laughs> and there seems like too many characters to keep up with, and all the different perspectives. It seems like the type of book, the teachers, would make you like take notes on each character <laughs> to remember all the stuff about them in that's, class. That's always the worst, though. It's like, I can keep track of these characters. If I don't, I'll write the notes myself. Oh, boy. Uh... Those books they always pick, though, why is it always the worst? Like, every kid hates them. Because they lazy farm. to make new lesson plans? This may be true. Did anyone say time for the halftime show? okay if I eat my Culver's concrete mixer while I do this? Oh boy. Why don't I have a Culver's concrete mixer? This is upsetting. Okay, so for our little halftime here, I thought we could play a little game. It is one of those, like, how well do we know each other sort of quizzes. I got a list of 25 questions from betterhelp.com, but we're not going to do all of them because that could take all day. No, you know, that's a therapy website, right? Um, well... I sure need some therapy after all those pictures you send me. Did I accidentally send you those pictures of my... Um, let's move on from this. Forget forget I said anything. I'm talking about my dog ripping my sock off my foot. Oh, I was talking about your dog playing with the toy sausage, but anyway. 
Okay, so let's really see how well Mish and I know one another. Um, oh boy, just these sounds of you eating this hungry mixer <laughs> are really something. All I right, didn't say I couldn't. Oh boy, I think I know you quite well. Quite well, I think I know you pretty well. But I was looking over this list and some of them I don't think I would know. Okay, so I'm just gonna go to the website. Yeah, me too. So should we just like pick a number? Um, I was thinking we could just kind of, like, look down the list and see which ones we want to do. Yeah. Ooh, okay. what's my favorite smell? <laughs> um, oh boy. I would say your favorite smell. Okay, I, I know this. I don't even know, so. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say your favorite smell is apples, because you're always burning that apple candle. Um, <laughs> not really. Okay, uh, well, actually, my favorite smell is, my favorite candle that I have is the, um, Christmas cookie one from Yankee Candle. It's my, it's the best. Okay. Uh, okay. What is my favorite food? Oh. Huh. I don't even know this. <laughs> well, hmm. Whenever I'm at your house, it's usually just, like, spaghetti or tacos that's just (laughs) so i don't is it one of those or is it something different let me think about this huh i'm just gonna go with maybe like um (laughs) i'm just gonna tacos maybe okay i'll i'll go with that i really have no idea (laughs) oh guacamole okay you can eat a whole bowl of just guacamole no chips I mean, I prefer chips, but that's more of, like, an added bonus than a necessity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what's my favorite TV show? Oh. Huh. <laughs> I guess I'll say This Is Us, because didn't you just start watching that? Yeah. We're, like, almost on the first season. Kind of watched, like, four episodes I kind of watched all of them? I mean, they keep doing all this crazy stuff. Like, they keep doing all just these twists wait. and turns. Just by the end of the, By the end of the series, I just, the whole, all the characters can be so different. I hate it. But at the same time. <laughs> Am I a dog or a cat person? Totally a cat person, a dog person. Um, uh... <laughs> Some of these questions. <laughs> What did we do for our first date? <laughs> oh. <laughs> nope. No. Doesn't apply today. <laughs> oh, no. What that food really... do I hate? Uh, I know you hate tomatoes, right? I know. I mean, I'm <laughs> indifferent. I wouldn't say I like them, but like, uh, you're, the food you hate would be chicken noodle soup. No, chicken salad. <laughs> <laughs> we had quite an experience with some chicken salad one summer when we um, were a little bit younger at the pool. A little bit younger? I wish. <laughs> like last yeah. year. Well, that's like a little bit younger, right? Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
am I a dog or a cat person? Oh, totally dog person. Oh, You're yeah. Like seven dogs in your house, right? I know. They're barking now. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're, you have a cat named Elwood. She I doesn't do. like you. She doesn't really like... Well, that's not true. She does like my mom. She's I said actually, she doesn't like you. <laughs> I know. I was going to say she doesn't like anyone, but... We've kind of bonded, you know. I'll scoop her on my lap while I'm doing my schoolwork, and then she'll bite me, but I'll make her stay. It's a relationship. <laughs> All right, so what is my favorite song or artist? Huh. I'm going to go with um, Michael Bublé. Because <laughs> he bought, know. like, a CD. <laughs> you okay. don't even listen to CDs. I really... Michael Bublé is something... Not my favorite, but, like, you know, it's really something. I would have to say Culture Club. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thing for Culture Club. It's so good. Or Starship or The Cure. Got some really, really interesting tastes over here. Our Spotify okay. playlist is, like, a total mess. It's a wonderful mess. Okay, your favorite song or artist? I don't even know this. You're, like, all over the board. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even Madonna, I guess. But you... What? You don't even listen to Madonna. I've listened to, like, three Madonna songs in my entire life. Yes, but I've only listened to, like, three Culture Club songs, but it's, like, the same three over and over and over again. (laughs) No, I don't think I even, like, heard of Madonna before I met you. Huh. Oh, you just seem like a Madonna person. I don't know. Okay, I think I, I'll address these questions. That could be any animal it be. <laughs> we're just going to, like, stop while we're ahead here. All right. So, unfortunately, you have another book to talk about. What is it? Um, the second book I'm going to talk about is Salt of the Sea by Ruta Sepetis. Is that a mythological creature or a Greek goddess? Well, both, because honestly, Ruta Sepetis is seriously both a goddess and a mythical creature as far as writing goes, but no. It's the last name of the author. Um, taking note of what happened during our other uh, book review, I'm not going to wait for you to ask me about the plot. I'm just going to go right into it. If you must. Okay. So, Godapple takes place during World War II. You really do be eating that hot dog. I was drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> Before I get into this, um, just letting y'all know that I'm not very good at keeping all that history stuff straight. Since when you say y'all, <laughs> and you're not going to keep track of things because you're an airhead, essentially. Anyway, so don't kill me if I'm t- um, not totally accurate with all of this, but okay. So World War II, and it follows the lives of four teenagers, all from different countries. Three of them are refugees fleeing from the Soviet Union advance and trying to get aboard the Gustloff. I hope I'm, pronoun- I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Not totally sure. Um, but anyway, it's a ship that is going to bring them to safety. And then the other narrator is a sailor working on the ship. And I swear she's going to be the death of me, but in a good way. That's Alfred, and he's mostly in the novel for some humor and comic relief. Kind of like you, Mish. Thanks. Yeah, the goal is that because you haven't read the book, you don't realize them insulting you. So Alfred is one of the teenagers, right? Yep. Do you not know the other three's names? Yes, I mean, no. Well, okay, I do know the others' names, but who cares about the names if you haven't read the book? Alfred is the only one who I can really talk about without giving away a bunch. 
<laughs> what? A bunch of berries? No, a bunch of pineapples. Anyway, all of the characters have secrets and paths that they are hiding away, all for their own reasons, and together they all just weave this beautiful but heartbreaking narrative of, tra- of tragedy, but also of hope. I'm not going to talk about the individual characters besides Alfred, since I don't want to give anything away, and really, their secrets and identities and such are really what makes this book so great. So great. Why are all your books about four teenagers? No, I really love this one, and also, well, okay, that's quite an observation. Sepetys is one of my favorite authors, but definitely her characters can be a little confusing until you really get to know them. Literally, for the first half of this, I was flipping back to keep track of who each person was. For some reason, even though their personalities and stories couldn't be any more different, I kept confusing who was Alfred and who was Florian. Anyway, so a small spoiler, but I think you figure it out yourself just by reading the blurb, The Forgotten Tragedy, that was six times deadlier than the Titanic. Uh, the ship that they go on starts to sink. It it's killed a blurb. thousands. What's a blurb? Do you really not know what a blurb is? Like, you know. Like a bird? <laughs> oh. It's like, like when you have the cover of a book, there'll be like a little, well, in this case, it was a review. It was a quote from a review that, that somebody. Is word? Yes. I'll Google it right now if you're so. No, I'm Googling it right now. Blurb. Oh, is it not a word? Yeah. A blurb is a short promotional piece accompanying a piece of creative work. That's a That's blurb. an actual word? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, the um, the shipwreck killed thousands more people than the Titanic or the Lusitania, but it was hushed up by the government because it was during the war. I thought that the shipwreck would be a bigger part of the story, but really, it was just a short bit. And by a short minute, I mean maybe like 100 or 150 pages, but it felt really short. I read like half of this book in about like three days, and then I just binged the second half in one afternoon, and it was so fast. I didn't know you could binge a book. Of course you could binge a book. That's just the whole... <laughs> um, I wish I could write half a book in an afternoon, flash to me, getting super proud about writing like 600, 700 words, but you know. Have you even started the book yet? What? Have you even started writing your book yet? No, I've been planning it out for the past, like, four <laughs> months. I'm going to be so ready, though. You're going to be impressed when I finish it when I'm 67 years old. Are you going to make <laughs> me read it? Probably not. You would hate it, but, you know. <sighs> so, is it time for... <laughs> I'm pretending to talk about all this writing craft stuff, but I'm really just commenting on how I like the romance. Okay, maybe I was being just a little bit presumptuous by saying I was really going to dig deep. But I hope that what I noticed can help out any of you writers out there. Maybe um, me just thinking about how, for example, Watson set up all of her characters in the first chapter can get you thinking about how you can really do this for your current project. So yeah, I'm not some master analyst over here. Far from. <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> you can tell McKinley wrote this part of the strip script <laughs> are you gonna wrap this up soon so we can go play minecraft before ladle starts yelling at you to come downstairs and have family time ladle is our affectionate name for my mother don't ask please don't ask <sighs> it's really because um, we're spoons and 
<laughs> okay, so you know the song. We're just. <laughs> Do you really need to explain? Because it really doesn't make sense. Okay, wait. What's the song called? Cats in the Cradle. Oh yeah, right? and it's like and the Silver Spoons, right? So then yeah. I'm like, oh, we're Silver Spoons, and a ladle <laughs> is no. A spoon is a large ladle. So we're like, oh. No, a ladle is a large. No, 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 no. no. Let right. me let me check. No, I'm pretty sure a spoon is a large ladle. Spoon, That's not true. Spoon definition. <laughs> okay, long story short, there's a song and it's like cats in a cradle and the silver spoons, but we thought it was the mandolin and ladle. So therefore, we decided to call my parents. Ladle was my mom. Mandolin was my dad, and we were the silver spoons. We're gonna move on from that. Okay. To answer your question, yes, the goal is to keep these episodes pretty short because no offense to um, any other podcasts out there, um, sometimes if it's like an hour long, hour and a half episode, um, it's just, it just takes days to finish. Why? Well, okay. I, I listen so, to hour long podcasts. I mean, I do, but like, I would rather it be a little shorter. I'll like, but I just, I won't listen to it while I'm just like doing nothing. I'll like... Well, yeah, I'll listen to podcasts while I shower or something. While you shower? Just, How can you hear what they're yeah. saying? That's just, it's just so fun. My ears are constantly straining. <laughs> Turn like all the way up. It is. Okay, so writing tracks. I guess the first thing that really stood out to me was just the way that this author added um, this tension and feeling of urgency that really made her book super engaging and really kept those pages turning. Really? Really, really, really. really <laughs> I think that this is something that's a lot easier to do with historical or fantasy and less so with contemporary, but still. I mean, come on. Luna Sapetti is seriously so great at what she does. Uh, she started out still with high stakes, um, but just less high and gave us time to get to know the characters. Then she rose the stakes and the tension after we had learned about them and had gotten attached to them. And also, again, the humor in the otherwise really dark and serious novel was great. Alfred was so funny, so oblivious. But, I mean, I think by the end of the novel, even he had some depth to him after all. So, I mean, pretty shallow as far as depth goes. But, hey, that's pretty cool that even her satirical character had a past, too. All right, Mish, do you think I need to say anything else for this? I didn't think you needed to say anything in the first place. <sighs> oh. So, overall, my rating for this book would be 5 out of 5, but proceed with caution. My whole heart is seriously broken over this book. The ending, I can't get over it. But other than that, great read. Ruda never fails. I would probably give it, like, a 3 out of 5. It seems better than the other one, but still pretty confusing. Now it's time to talk about some upcoming YA and my practically towering TBR. The first book that I can't wait for is Joe and Lori by Margaret Stoll and Melissa De La Cruz. Did you know De La Cruz actually means of or from the cross? Let me double check. Oh, that's that. interesting. I have very limited knowledge of Spanish. <laughs> I'll just like go on Spanish dictionary or something. Is that oh, no. Spanish dictionary? <laughs> it autocorrected to of the Red Cross help the wounded. Wait, so you were typing in um, De La Cruz and that's just what autocorrected to? Like, it, like, did all this oh. lunacy. I love Of the Red Cross Help the Wounded. <laughs> okay. Anyway. The novel is a retelling of Little Women, which is my absolute 
favorite book. Well, Tideless of Honors, but so I absolutely, I obviously haven't read this um, new book yet since it doesn't come out until June 2nd. But if anyone is listening and is so amazed by our episode here, they want to sponsor us and send us that book or any book. I mean, come on. I'd be more than happy to review it. So anyway, I'll just read the Goodreads summary. 1869, Concord, Massachusetts. After the publication of her first novel, Jo March is shocked to discover her book of scribbles has become a bestseller, and her publisher and fans demand a sequel. Was it really a book of scribbles? Like, did she just do a bunch of drawings? We're going to move on. While pressured into coming... I'm serious. No. Then why does it say her book is scribbles? Because she's just dismissing it. She wrote a book, and she's dismissing it as, oh, it's just a book of scribbles. Oh. Okay. Um, While pressured into coming up with a story, she goes to New York with her dear friend, Lori, for a week of inspiration. Museums, operas, and even a -a once-in-a-lifetime reading by Charles Dickens himself. But Lori has romance on his mind. Oh, and Lori's a boy? Oh my god, yes. And despite her glaring feelings, Joe Cesario, main independent, leads her to turn down his heartfelt marriage proposal and sends the poor boy off to college heartbroken. Okay. And Joe's when... a girl. I, yes. I'm just, I'm dumb. <laughs> Joe is a girl. Lori is a boy. Wait. I'll admit I never thought of it like that. Okay, when Lori returns to Concord with a sophisticated new girlfriend, and uh, will Joe finally communicate her? <laughs> Concord <What>? grapes? <laughs> Is that where Concord grapes come from? I've actually never had a Concord grape, but I have had plenty of Concord grape juice, and I enjoy it very much. It can be my favorite type of grape juice, but maybe not. I've not Will Joe sure. finally communicate her two heart desires? <laughs> Or lose the love of her life forever. Why are you reading the same book, just a different version? Um, I guess it's just kind of so I could validate rereading a book for like the tenth time without actually reading it. So anyway, as I said before, Little Women is one of my absolute favorite books, and I can't wait for this new retelling. I will admit, I actually love Amy and Lori. Sorry, but they are so perfect for each other, and all of you know it deep down. Don't deny it. Still, Joe and Lori are pretty great. I recently watched a webinar with these authors on Y'all West, Y'all Stay Home. And (laughs) is this where I get the y'all? It was it's a webinar book conference that's going on right now. Is this where the y'all came from? My webinars make me so happy. Um the only good thing about the quarantine is there's so many um all of the book conferences are all online, so we all get to watch whatever we are. (laughs) Webinar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm so disappointed that this isn't out yet, but I'll be sure to review it once it is out. Okay, the next book that I'm overly excited for is The Time of Our Lives by Emily Wiberly and Austin. Here we go. Siege Siege Broca. We're gonna go with that. I'm sure it's wrong, but okay. Um it's kind of funny because I tried to read another book by these authors. I honestly couldn't get through, but something about this I just can't. Um I'm gonna cross that cover. Okay, so here's the description. Need to get it up. Sorry. All right. A boy desperate to hold on, a girl ready to let go. Fitz Holton waits in fear for the day. His mother's um, early onset Alzheimer's starts stealing her memory. He's vowed to stay close to home, to care for her in the years to come. Never mind the ridiculous college course he's forcing him on to visit schools where he knows he'll never go. 
Juniper Ramirez is counting down the days until she can leave her home. A home crowded with five younger siblings and zero privacy. Against the wishes of her tight-knit family, Juniper plans her own college tour of the East Coast with one goal, get out. When Fitz and Juniper cross paths on... Sorry, my computer is being a little weird. Okay. When Fitz and Juniper cross paths on their first college tour in Boston, they're at odds from the moment they meet. While Juniper's dying to start a new life apart for her family, apart from her family, Fitz faces the sacrifices he must make for his. Their relationship sparks a deep connection. In each other's eyes, they glimpse alternate possibilities regarding the first big decision of their adult lives. Time of Our Lives is a story of home and away, of wonder and the weight of memory, of outgrowing fears and growing into the future. Who else can't wait to try this one? So I actually thought that this one I wasn't out yet, but actually good news, it was just released on Tuesday. So I think I'm going to read this next, or if not, sometime soon. Hopefully it's on Libby. That's where I get my earbooks now, that the libraries are all closed. Um, I'm trying to find a better service that maybe has some newer books. But I'm having trouble finding any ebook subscription services that are compatible with Kindle Paperwhite. If you have any suggestions, that would be great. And now, to wrap up the show, it's time for Misha's Datas the Tostic. You know, Satostic isn't a real word, right? You actually thought it was a word? I just, I just spelled statistic wrong. Oh, well, isn't this something? I was seriously over there talking to my dad about Misha's data statistic, <laughs> and he was like, her what now? And I was like, her statistic. And he was like, that isn't a word. But I was like, yes, it is. So I Googled it, and nothing came off. My heart was then broken. I was just making a TikTok. And I forgot to spell check it. That's why I came up with it. I wonder how many of our jokes I'm not actually even getting. Even what was that noise? Data statistic. It's the sound of the data statistic incoming. Oh, Did no. you know that the number of butt cheeks in the US oh. is approximately 660 million? That's double the population. Um, it's really sad. This says a lot about the society, and you should just take it into your consideration. Wow. I mean, this is earth-shattering. Everybody know the date, the time. This is it. the end of the world as we know it. I mean, who cares about coronavirus when there's Mises data statistics? <sighs> okay, let me look back at the original TikTok I made where I said it. TikTok? I mean, it doesn't even get any more teenage than it's folks. Oh, no. I actually spelt it Data statist talk. No, this can't be true. Incoming My data statist broken. <laughs> well, that concludes our show today. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed. Um, and maybe got a few great book recommendations. I did not enjoy. Thank goodness this is over. <sighs> Remember, if you love this episode, please leave us a great review. It really, really helps. Also. <sighs> Be sure to follow us on Instagram. <laughs> At Monday what? underscore YA underscore POD. And email us with any books you think I should review or anything else, really. At 
I W R I T E R three two seven at G M A I L period C. You spelled Gmail wrong. How? You spelled it G M um, A L. I think. No, it's I'm not. Like, okay. I don't even know. All right. I hope you liked listening to this episode of Monday YA as much as we, or should I say I, love making it. Until next Monday, keep on doing that reading. You've been listening to the Monday YA podcast, the young and old book podcast by and for teens. Reviews, emails, and really any support is always appreciated. Happy Monday and have a great week. And just for the record, Nish, you did spell Gmail correctly. Wow. I'm so proud of myself. This is why I didn't win the fifth grade spelling bee. <laughs> so is it finally Minecraft time? You know, I, I think I hear my mom calling me now. What a shame. <laughs>